The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown, baby! Now, here are your hosts, two-time All-American punter Drew Butler. Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air. And he did. What a kick. And the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown! In stride as he crosses the goal line. Put it right on his hip. What a throw. Now, with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house! Sideline! Pylon! Touchdown! And the dogs are on the board first. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. Welcome into the Punt and Pass podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler, usually joined by my co-host, Aaron Murray. I think we will finally get Aaron back later on this week to preview the college football playoffs, which take place on Saturday. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Punt and Pass podcast. And Merry Christmas. It is Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas to all of you who are listening. Happy Hanukkah, happy Kwanzaa. Whatever you celebrate, we are happy to have you join us once again for this episode of the Punt and Pass podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Punt and Pass. Follow me at Drew Butler 13 and follow Aaron at Aaron Murray 11. Bowl season is underway. We will certainly talk about that. In this episode, and most importantly, our Bowl Pick'em League is underway as well on ESPN.com. I'm sure you signed up on our social media pages. We had over 150 people sign up. Pretty awesome. That's a call to action. We're giving away some sweet prizes for the top three entries. And currently, Matthias is leading the Pick'em League. He has got nine games right so far. Hofstra, one, has eight right behind him. Miranda C. has eight as well. And Foster Kids Start, Scotty Brooks, interesting name, he has eight as well. So keep it up. We will continue to watch what happens as bowl season rolls on. It's a fun week for football. It's a fun week for family. It's a fun week for just about everything. So with that being said, of course, we got to have a shout out to our boys at Prize Picks because once again, this episode of Punt and Pass is presented by Prize Picks. There is no better week than a holiday week to get active on prize picks. And what do they have for you, the punt and pass listener? They have an awesome promo code. All you have to do is download the prize picks app or go to myprizepicks.com. Use the promo code PNP for a free $25 to start getting active on prize picks. What is prize picks? You know by now. It's Daily Fantasy Simplified. All you have to do is pick a couple of players and guess if they are going to go over or under their projection of fantasy points. It doesn't even matter what sport they play. They've got NFL. They've got college football for bowl games, college basketball. There's so much going on right now. 
NBA. Christmas Day NBA. It's going to be awesome tomorrow. Download the Prize Picks app. Use the promo code PNP. Get a free $25 to play and flip it and win big with Prize Picks. The best part about Prize Picks, you don't have to play against the fantasy pros. It's you against the system. It's simple, it's easy, it's fun. Download the Prize Picks app. Go to myprizepicks.com. Use the promo code PNP for a free $25 to start. We love our guys over at Prize Picks. Happy holidays to them. Happy holidays to you. Let's dive right into this episode. Look, it's bowl season. It's Christmas. There's actually a pretty decent amount of news to talk about. Yesterday was Festivus. If you don't know what Festivus is, you live underneath the rock. Shout out Seinfeld. I am going to air some grievances over the start of bowl season because it better pick up after Christmas or I am going to be extremely mad. CBS and the SEC look like they are parting ways. I'm going to dive into that a little bit deeper. What I think will be the best bowl games before the playoff, I'll tell you that. And then some news and notes around some coaching, recruiting, and players active, inactive for the bowl game. So I said Festivus. You know what Festivus is. It's the airing of grievances from a Seinfeld episode. And I have a grievance for the start of bowl season. I was fired up. You know, you, you miss that first weekend with no college football. Sure, the NFL is there, but you just miss it. You want the college football action. Everybody's looking forward to bowl season. Matchups that you don't usually get. Obscure sponsors and bowl names that you love to make fun of. And you just want to watch good football, right? And when I say good football, just make it interesting in the second half, please. Right? I mean, you're stressed out. Your wife or your girlfriend's running around. You're getting asked a million questions by your family. You just want to sit down and watch football mindlessly on your couch, maybe even sneak in a cocktail or two. And I have a problem with the quality of football games that have been played so far because, simply put, they haven't been good. They have not been interesting, and they have not even been competitive into the fourth quarter. I mean, I look back, and really there's only one game that you watched into the fourth quarter, and it was the Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl with Kent State upsetting Utah State 51-41. to That was the only decent game so far. A lot of points, a lot of back and forth, electric offenses in Frisco, Texas at the Texas Bowl. I mean, that's the only one I can think of that was somewhat interesting late in the fourth quarter. So the start of the bowl season, eh, you know, there's much to be desired. Too many blowouts. I want to watch good football. That's the most important thing. And I think we're going to have the opportunity because Friday specifically, I know there's a good slate of games on Thursday, the day after Christmas, but Friday to me is where we're going to get a lot of good football games leading up to the college football playoff. Here are the games that I think you need to look after, and I'm going to pull up the point spreads right now because obviously if you're watching the games with intent, you may sprinkle something and get down on one of these games. The Pinstripe Bowl. That's right, the Pinstripe Bowl in Yankee Stadium in New York. Who's playing? Michigan State and Wake Forest. Now keep in mind, Wake Forest was a top 25 team for much of the season. Dave Clawson, a good head coach. Jamie Newman got a little bit banged up late in the season, but this was a team with one loss late in the season before they played Clemson where people were sitting there going, could they make the Clemson game interesting? Now obviously they didn't. They had to deal with injuries down the stretch, but I think this is Mark D'Antonio's last game 
as the head coach at Michigan State. You hear a little bit of rumblings. Recruiting isn't going well. The season has been a total dud. Yes, they did get bowl eligible, but all signs are pointing to Mark D'Antonio not being the head coach at Michigan State in 2020. So, you got a lot of motivation factors here. That's the first thing. Wake Forest could put a bow on their once interesting season. Whoa, if they're able to get a win here. The point spread is Michigan State favored by three and a half points. I think that tells you all you need to know right there. Okay? Wake Forest is a better football team than Michigan State. I firmly believe that. Yes, Michigan State has a good defense, but they cannot score points on offense. They haven't been able to all season long. So why in the hell would they be a a three-and-a-half-point favorite? I think that this could be Mark D'Antonio's last game as the Spartans head coach. I think that's a huge motivation factor for Michigan State. Look at what Washington did to Boise State in the Las Vegas Bowl. Okay, Washington was 7-5. and Boise State, 12-1. and Mountain West champs. Washington ran them out because it was Chris Peterson's last game. I think that's a huge motivation factor. So what's going to happen here? I think this line stinks out loud, and I'm going to go with Michigan State. I think Michigan State wins, and D'Antonio gets to ride off into the sunset with the glorious pinstripe bowl trophy as his last game as the head coach at Michigan State. Later on that evening, the Texas Bowl. These are actually going to be good games. I'm telling you this right now. The Texas Bowl, number 25, Oklahoma State, is taking on Texas A&M. Speaking of airing of grievances, I hate the Texas Bowl because they had an opportunity to put Texas in the Texas Bowl against Texas A&M. Revitalize one of the greatest rivalries in college football history. And for whatever reason, they didn't. Right, You got a Big 12 against an SEC matchup. They picked Texas A&M out of the SEC. Put Texas against Texas A&M. That is an all-time rivalry. How the hell do you not figure out that is what the Texas Bowl needed, but they didn't. Right, So number 25, Oklahoma State, taking on Texas A&M. A&M's a six-and-a-half-point favorite. I think I like A&M here, right? You have to lean towards SEC teams during bowl season. Obviously, this game is in Texas, hence the Texas Bowl moniker. I like the home team here. Oklahoma State, Chuba Hubbard, Spencer Sanders, sure, they've got an electric offense, but I don't think they're going to be able to stop Kellen Mond on the defensive side of the ball. So look for this to once again finally be a good game. I think this, the Texas Bowl, will be watchable, will be interesting, but shame on them for not putting Texas against Texas A&M in the Texas Bowl. And then a game that I circled as soon as the schedule came out, the Holiday Bowl. Now, when I was growing up, I always remember the Holiday Bowl as being one of the best bowl games, most exciting bowl games of bowl season. Takes place in San Diego, usually puts a Big Ten team up against a Pac-12 team, and they did it again this year. Number 22, USC, who's keeping Clay Helton as their head coach, head scratcher, I know, is taking on number 16, Iowa. Number 16, Iowa. Iowa had a really good season, and I think Iowa is going to travel extremely well. You know that all those Midwesterners after Christmas spent their holiday bonuses to get out of Dodge and head down to San Diego to root on the Hawkeyes. I think there will be far more Iowa fans in San Diego than Southern Cal fans. And from a geographical standpoint, that is hard to believe, but it certainly will happen. And I like Iowa in this game. Iowa's a two-point favorite. And I think they're going to take care of business against USC. And again, Trojan fans, Trojan alumni, boosters, board of directors are going to be scratching their heads saying, why in the hell did we 
keep Clay Helton. Who knows? Who knows? So I'm going favorites. Favorites, favorites. I'm laying the points of Michigan State. I like Texas A&M by a touchdown in Iowa. I think Iowa will win. What's the biggest news of the week? The biggest news of the week was the breaking news that SEC football is leaving CBS Sports after the year 2023, most likely for ESPN, ABC, obviously parent company, Disney. Think about this, okay? CBS has been getting away with murder, or the SEC rather, has been get, CBS has been getting away with murder, paying the SEC only $55 million a year for 15 to 17 games of SEC football plus the conference championship. The contract is going up after 2023, and everybody knew that the most watched and the most valuable in terms of eyeballs package in college football would go for far more than the $55 million per year that the rights are currently being paid for. CBS has had the SEC football since 1996. You know the theme song. I mean, everybody knows what CBS on SEC football represents. So what was going to happen? Well, Fox Sports was going to come in and try to take it, and then ESPN ABC was going to come do their thing and try to really own all of the rights to SEC football. They've got the SEC network. They've got a couple of games already. I mean, they are going to own the SEC if, in fact, this does go through. All signs are pointing to it that it will go through, and they will be paying around a reported $350 million per year. That is crazy. CBS is said to have walked away as soon as it reached around $300 million per year. And what's really head-scratching to me is this. CBS said, once it got above $300 million per year, we walked away from the bargaining table because we are going to exert our efforts in other sports. I don't quite understand how they could rationalize that. What are they going to do? PGA Tour? I mean, their their NFL package, usually they have a really good game on four, at 425 Eastern time on NFL Sundays, but I really have a hard time believing why they would walk away from their most viewed package and say they're going to exert it into other sports. I I just simply don't get it. You got to pay money to make money, and it seems like CBS may be making a grave mistake by letting the SEC walk away. What happens to that theme music? Who knows? Everybody on social media is crying for whoever gets this package, most likely ABC, ESPN, to buy the theme song so you can still have that nostalgic feeling when 3.30 rolls around on your fall Saturdays. And then what about the talent, right? I mean, Brad Nestler, Gary Danielson, I think most people would say don't worry about Danielson. But, I mean, you, you, you're thinking about a guy like Nestler or, you know, past Vern Lundquist those guys are SEC football. Obviously, you've got Chris Fowler, you've got Kirk Herbstreet, you got Sean McDonough, you got Todd Blackledge. I mean, ESPN has plenty of talent. I wonder if they would even bring up some of those guys from SEC Network like Todd Hart and Jordan Rogers. Who knows? And then the biggest question remaining is could ABC or ESPN buy out any of CBS's last four years? Think about that. I mean, money talks, and the SEC could get around contractually and say, hey, we're going to opt out of our contract because they will buy it out. They'll pay CBS, ESPN will. They'll pay the SEC what they want, which is more money. And you could get SEC football, the primetime games, on ABC, ESPN sooner than 20 
23. I, I'm really interested to see how scheduling would go. I'm really interested to see how production would go. And it seems like all signs are pointing to SEC football leaving CBS after 2023 or sooner than 2023 for ESPN, ABC. I thought that was important to talk to all of our listeners about because that's something that obviously we're going to have to deal with every single weekend. Interesting for sure, and we'll see what happens. We'll keep tabs on that storyline right here. Other storylines, Coach Pittman out at Arkansas got a big fish with Kendall Bryles coming over to be his offensive coordinator at Arkansas. Bryles was not retained by Mike Norvell when he was named the head coach at Florida State after Willie Taggart was fired. So his defensive coordinator is Barry Odom, the former head coach from Missouri, and his offensive coordinator is Kendall Bryles. Not a bad start to the regime change there at Arkansas for Coach Pittman. I think any self-respecting coach would tell you the two most important things are one, who you surround yourself with as assistant coaches, and two, recruiting. So now they got to get the recruiting down pat. But, hey, look, good start for Coach Pittman. That is a humongous rebuilding project, but it seems like he's getting the right building blocks right there. And then some news around the college football playoff. It's looking more and more likely like Clyde Edwards, a layer LSU star running back, will be out for the Peach Bowl with a hamstring injury. He suffered during bowl practice in Baton Rouge before they made it to Atlanta for the Peach Bowl. And then the hits just keep on coming for Oklahoma. DeLaren Turner yelled, the safety with 75 tackles, broke his collarbone. He is out for the Peach Bowl as well. You remember I told you on the last episode, Ronnie Perkins, their leading pass rusher, he is out. And then two guys got suspended as well, a backup running back and a backup wide receiver. Oklahoma looking short-handed for the Peach Bowl, and the line is saying the same, guys. I mean, it's a two-touchdown line. Fit 13 and a half. Probably going to get towards 14 before game time. LSU is favored. And the over-under, the total is 75 and a half points. That's insane. But I think you take the over here. I really do think you look at the over. LSU is going to score 50. How will Oklahoma stop LSU? They won't. LSU will score 50. And you'd have to think that Jalen Hurts will put up a fight be able to get in the end zone a couple of times, most likely eclipse 20 points. So that total of 75 and a half points in the Peach Bowl, wow, that is interesting. But Oklahoma shorthanded, it's looking more and more like LSU's going to walk in there and take care of business. Then the late game, Clemson, Ohio State, this line hasn't moved at all. Clemson's a two and a half point favorite, the total 64. I like Clemson. Y'all know that. That will be an awesome game. Again, hopefully just good football. That's what we want. We want a fun Christmas. We want all the gifts, all the treats, great food, great drinks, and good football. That's what we want, people. I mean, we're simpletons around here. Is that asking too much? I don't think so. One last tidbit. We wrapped up early signing day last week. Jordan Birch, who is getting a ton of notoriety, he was one of the top unsigned five-star prospects that was going to announce on early signing day. He did announce. Everybody thought he was going to go to Georgia. Everybody thought this star defensive lineman was headed to Georgia, but no. He stayed with the home team, committed to South Carolina. A huge blow to Georgia and to Clemson. Great for Coach Will Muschamp to keep him in state and away from Georgia and from Clemson, but... Hold on a second. He did not sign his letter of intent. So the early signing day window closes. It starts that Wednesday, closes that Friday. He did not sign his national letter of intent. He is not 
signed. His commitment is still up in the air. He'll tell you he's still committed by South Carolina, to South Carolina, excuse me. But you know damn well Clemson and Georgia are knocking down the door saying, why didn't you sign? He came out and said he wanted to sign with the rest of his teammates. Um, I don't know. I mean, then why would you have TV crews there? Why would you have a huge production of where you were going to commit to play college football and then say, oh, wait, but I want all my other boys to sign with me? Fishy. This is fishy. And you can only sign now. I mean, the close, the signing period is dead until that first Wednesday of February. So this recruitment is far from over. And it seems like Georgia's going to close very strong. I think a couple of five stars, it has been reported that they have signed with Georgia, the running back out of Texas, Zach Evans, and then the tight end out of Las Vegas, Darnell Washington, both five stars. It's said that they have both signed and will announce during their all-star bowl games, I think next weekend. So if Georgia could somehow get Birch to flip, this could be an all-time signing class. But where will he go? I I don't know. I mean, if he didn't sign his national letter of intent with South Carolina after committing to him, I have reservations to believe why he would continue on with that same commitment. So interesting storyline for sure. So glad everybody could spend at least 20 to 25 minutes with me on this Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, Kwanzaa, Boxing Day, Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate. We love you here at Punt and Pass. And we love our partners at Prize Picks. Guys, if you spent a lot of money on your loved one's Christmas gifts, the best thing to do would be download the Prize Picks app or go to myprizepicks.com, use the promo code PNP, and you get a free $25 to get started on Prize Picks. Then you're watching the bowl games or you're watching NFL football or you're on your couch all day during Christmas watching NBA basketball and you get down on Prize Picks. All you have to do is pick a couple of players that are playing and guess if they're going to go over or under their fantasy point projections. It's daily fantasy simplified. It's tons of fun. I played it last night on Monday Night Football. I will play it tomorrow, probably in some NBA basketball, NBA on Christmas Day. Nothing like it. Shout out to our boys at Prize Picks. It's daily fantasy simplified. You can put in cross sport entries. So go with LeBron, go with the college football player, go with an NFL football player. You can do it all right there on Prize Picks. Download the Prize Picks app. Use the promo code PNP. Follow them at Prize Picks on Twitter and Instagram. Follow us at Punt and Pass. Follow me. At Drew Butler 13, Aaron is at Aaron Murray 11. We're going to get Aaron back on here. We will most certainly have a preview show for you before the college football playoff starts, then probably put in some of those New Year's Day games as well, Georgia Sugar Bowl, Rose Bowl, all that good stuff. That's why you listen to us. That's why Punt and Pass is the greatest podcast, the best college football podcast in America. So with that being said, Merry Christmas, everybody. Thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you before the college football playoff. See you.